0: Grace to you and peace from God, our Father, and the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Dear friends, Weeds. I'm supposed to preach on weeds. What am I going to say? So on Friday afternoon, to get away from my sermon, I drove to the stores, running errands. And I turned on the radio, National Public Radio, Talk of the Nation, Science Friday, and what is the subject? Weeds. <laughs> we have a kind of knee jerk reflex to weeds, said the biology professor from McAllister College in St. Paul, Minnesota, a Presbyterian school. <laughs> we do live in Minnesota. I was a Presbyterian once upon a time. We have a knee-jerk, we have a kind of knee-jerk reaction to, to weeds, he says. And the other professor on the show from England wrote a book called Weeds, in defense of nature's most unloved plants. And it was the British professor on the show who quoted the American Ralph Waldo Emerson, who said, a weed is simply a plant whose virtues have not yet been discovered. It turns out, I learned on this radio show, that Kentucky bluegrass is an invasive species from England. (laughs) It's not American at all. It turns out that tumbleweeds are not native to the American West. They come from Russia. So what we think is natural, what we think is useful, is often something else entirely. As we Arizonans know well, grass was introduced here as a good thing for cattle and for erosion control. And now it has become a huge hazard to the desert. Weeds. <laughs> Jesus talked about weeds. He knew how to connect with his audience. A man was growing wheat. He said, and someone planted bad seeds, false wheat, darnell, tares. It's called something that looks like wheat but isn't. Let me just run a test. And some of you are from the Midwest. How many of you have ever heard of darnell and false wheat? Thank you, Anne. Anybody else? well, I thought you guys would know all this stuff about it and you would be going, oh, pastor, you didn't know that. Well, no, I'm teaching you something about agriculture. Um, (laughs) The uh, false wheat, uh, this used to be a big problem. I guess maybe in some places it still is. It, It looks like wheat, but it's not. And so this enemy comes and tosses all these seeds into the wheat field. And now this bad stuff is growing alongside of the good stuff. And when the man's workers discovered it, Their reaction was to immediately go out and pull up all the bad plants. The professor from McAllister said, we have a kind of knee-jerk reflex. But the owner says to the workers, don't. You might harm the good plants as you pull out the bad plants. No, he says. Wait until harvest time. Then it will be clear which ones are good and which ones are bad, and they'll all be pulled up the good ones into the barn, the bad ones into the fire. Harvest time is often a metaphor for judgment day in the Bible and in the teachings of Jesus. So, at the bare minimum, the bare minimum, Jesus is saying that we should not judge others. Let God be the judge. Now, sometimes I hear this expression distorted into being very judgmental. In the South, (laughs) when we use the words, now I'm not one to judge, (laughs) those words are almost always followed by a judgment. On the television cartoon, The Simpsons, the preacher's wife says, it's not my place to judge. That's for a vengeful God to do. <laughs> or have you seen the bumper sticker that I have seen many times? Kill them all. Let God sort it out. You seen that bumper sticker? I must travel in the wrong parts of town. <laughs> I've seen it here, I've seen it in Texas, I've seen it everywhere. Kill them all. Let God sort it out. Very indicative of our time and our culture. Jews and Muslims, Arabs and Israelis, Sunnis and Shiites, just nuke them all and let God sort it out. The exact opposite of what this parable teaches. This parable says, let them all live and let God sort it out. Now that person with that bumper sticker probably thinks they're a Christian, but they are literally antichrist in that they are directly opposed to 180 degrees turned against Jesus Christ. Kill them all. So again, that's the barest, simplest meaning of today's gospel. Live and let live and let God be the judge. Later, as Jesus discusses this parable with the disciples, he says that it refers to evildoers and... and... To all causes of sin. The hymn we are about to sing says, For the Lord our God shall come and shall take his harvest home. From his field shall in that day all offenses purge away. All offenses. In other words, sin, and as Jesus says, the causes of sin. And some of that stuff lies. Within us. In the simplest scenario, I am the wheat, and that person over there is the weed. But already Jesus is saying that both weed and wheat lie within me. The causes of sin are pride and disobedience and a desire to be God. The causes of sin lie within each of us. If we're in a hurry, if we're in a hurry to get rid of evil, then we have to get rid of the human race. And that's not God's plan. Paul describes our predicament as labor pains. Okay, since you've all been ignoring me throughout the sermon, you all have no hand. How many of you ever had labor pains? Raise your hand. (laughs) Okay, now that's the kind of response I need to see in my church. Paul describes our predicament as labor pains. We have purpose, we have principles, we have hope, and this puts us in conflict with the world around us. In fact, it just plain hurts. If you want to be happy, just give up hope. Hope is a pain. If you just accept the world as it is and don't believe in anything better, then you will be a lot more content. Paul writes to us this morning, the whole creation has been groaning in labor pains until now. This earth is a woman in labor. You and I are a woman in labor. And he goes on, and not only the creation, but we ourselves who have the first fruits of the Spirit. That's that hope and purpose I was talking about. We have the first fruits of the Spirit. We groan inwardly while we wait for adoption, the redemption of our bodies. For in hope we were saved. Now hope that is seen is not hope. For who hopes for what is seen? But if we hope for what we do not see, we wait for it with patience. Patience. We wait for it with patience. We live in the tension of the not yet. The not yet. We hope for what ought to be. We hope for what could be, should be, but it isn't here yet. We have a knee-jerk reaction to weed out the things that we object to, but God says, not yet. We have the urge to purge, to purge our world of the weeds that seem to be in the wrong place doing the wrong things. But God says, not yet. Labor pains. Terrible pain, but a necessary pain in order to bring new reality into the world. The world is God's own field. When the time comes for the harvest, he will handle it. The corn cobs don't make the decisions. The strawberries don't make the decisions, or the dandelions, or the cotton balls. We patiently grow, and we patiently bear one another's burdens, and we trust the Lord of the harvest. We hope for what is not seen. Amen.